You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Fired up and ready. Come on, thank you. Hey, let me have a big hand for our sound people. Amen. I love, I love the sound people. Thank you so much. And that's, is that Brother Ethan up there? You're the guy Brother Trevor picks on on the radio show, isn't that right? Amen. Hey, good to see you in person. You're still alive. Amen. And Brother Moyer. Let's have a big hand for Brother Moyer. Amen. Wow. I was laughing at all these young people saying they got like two hours sleep and an hour sleep. And I was thinking that's because all of them slept during church last night. So <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I'm up here. I'm up here crying my eyes out, sweating to death. I look out there and people are going. <laughs> I saw one kid trying to wake another one up. And he just, just leave me alone, man. Leave me. Come to church, get some good rest. Amen. Come on now. Now I will be walking right through the center aisle of that pew right there. You know there's a center aisle right there. I'm coming by your way. Amen. How many need some money today? Let me see your hand. How many need some money? Let me see. Let me see. Raise your hand high. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah. My hand's up as well. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Telling you, I know that feeling. You never know, man. When I'm coming by, you never know. I might slip you a 20 or 100. You never know, right? If you have your Bible, go to the book of uh, Mark chapter number 9 and hold your place there and then go to Revelation 3. You're tired of that, aren't you, buddy? Come on now. Mark chapter 9. How many love Jesus? Amen. Yeah. Come on. I won't be too long. I'll get you out of here <laughs> in time for church tonight, I think. I'm not sure. You know, uh, Brother Trevor is my dear, dear friend. And he is my brother-in-law. But uh, people ask us all the time if we're brothers. And I said, we are. We just have different parents. And, and we live in different cities. We are born in different hospitals. Amen. But no, we're not brothers. We're brothers-in-law. Amen? And uh, so everywhere we go, people always ask me, hey, man, are you Brother Trevor? I ask him today. I said, how many people say, hey, are you Pastor Mark? Yeah. <laughs> Zero. But we're still getting, you look like President Putin. We're still getting that everywhere we go. I, was, I asked Brother Trevor, I said, I wonder if people walk up to President Putin and say, hey, you look like Jack Trevor. Amen? <laughs> you never know, right? You never know. But I thank God for all of you. It's good to see you here. How many love Jesus? Amen. The spirit of this crowd is unbelievable. We've had such a great time. You know, what changed my life, uh, I know the Lord changed my life, and then along the way, Brother Trevor helped change my life. I actually got to live with Brother Trevor and my sister for a few months one summer, and it changed my life. And so what I want to tell you is, if you want to change life, Move in with the Trevers, amen? How many want to move in with the Trevers for three months, amen? And uh, we'll do that. And so I want you to come. Matter of fact, my wife and I did move in, and we are now here for two more years, so it'll be a blessing. You don't know that yet, Brother Trever, but we're here, amen? Well, if you have your Bible over to the book of Mark, would you remain standing or sit down? Or please, let's all stand together, shall we? What do you say? Hey, you know what? I'm enjoying life. My hair is gone, and so is my mind. Amen. And that's a wonderful thing. When you get there, you'll know it. You know why? Because you no longer care what people think. Amen. <laughs> Woo. 
<laughs> Mark chapter number 9. Uh, let's see here. We better find some scripture here real quick. Amen. Mark chapter number 9, if you find it, say amen. amen. And uh, let's uh, read at verse number 14. The Bible says, and when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered, said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Hey, Brother Moyer, is this mic okay? I think it's getting muffed by the uh, shirt. Can you, is it okay? Are you all right up there? It's Okay. All right, I'll have to put it under the armpit and see how that works out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what verse was I on, everybody? You remember? What verse was it? See, I told you, my mind is gone, but I'm a happy man. <laughs> verse number uh, 18. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him, and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus is all right. Amen. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. I want to preach this morning on who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? He's a this kind Lord. He's a this kind Lord. If you will, look at verse number 28. And the Bible says, and when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? Verse number 29, the Bible says, And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Who is the Lord? He's a this kind Lord. What kind of Lord is he, everybody? He's a this kind. What kind of Lord is he, everybody? He's a, a this kind Lord. You know, there are many times in life that you need a this kind God. You know, sometimes you get so hungry for God and you need Him so much that you don't even realize you are physically hungry. I believe everybody has a this kind moment. I had a phone call this morning from a family in our church and they're in North Carolina. And the mom on the other end of the line said, Pastor, would you pray? Our son was in an accident today on the job. And he's in the hospital and they have sedated him and he's He's sedated right now, and we don't know what's going on. We don't know. I said, is he going to be all right? Is he going to live? She said, we don't know yet. This kind God. That's right. So what do you do when you need a this kind God? You go to a this kind God. Amen. And you know something? What I'm finding out in life, everybody, is that there are teenagers that need a this kind God. There are teenagers that are going through rough spots in your life and a rough time in your life. I got some new shoes on this morning. Y'all notice that? 
They are 100% plastic. Still got the price tag on them, amen. $25.99, amen. Can I get an amen in the house? You say, boy, I didn't even, Brother Tree, I said, Brother Tree, for $25.99, you say, man, you paid that much for those, amen. But you know, there are times when teenagers need a this kind God. You know, there are times that teenagers go through stuff in life, and sometimes you don't tell anybody. You kind of keep it to yourself. You know, when my mama died, I was 11 years of age. At 11 years of age, I needed a this kind God. I needed a God that would understand me, that would help me in my struggle. I was all alone. I went back to school after missing a week of school, and the teacher asked me, she said, why don't you have your homework done? I number one, I said, well, number one, you know I never do it. Amen. Number two, I said, because my mama died. And I've been gone for a week because my mama died. She said, you know, she told me, she said, that, that's no excuse. She said, that's, you know what I needed as an 11-year-old sixth grader? I needed a this kind God. You know, there are people in this auditorium today that inside of your heart and inside of your mind, you are saying, I need a this kind God right now. There are moments in your life where you are so desperate, you just need a this kind God. And I want to preach this morning on who is the Lord? He's of this kind God. Father, I pray now that you'd bless everybody in this house, and I thank you for every person that has come. And dear God, I thank you for those. Lord, it's an amazing spirit in this place. It's an amazing place to come. And Lord, I love the excitement. I love what's going on. I love, I love the, 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 the singing. I love the, the preaching. I love uh, the, the excitement of the game time. I, I love being around this crowd. And dear God, I would pray, I know that inside of this crowd, dear God, there's somebody today that's saying, I need a this kind God today. So Lord, I would pray that you'd help me. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want your power, not for my sake, but dear God, for the sake of this crowd, I want you to use me, dear God, for their sake. And Lord, I love the Word of God, and I would pray, oh Lord, if there's somebody here today walking through that spot, dear God, may they say, oh, I need a this kind God. So, Lord, I pray now that you'll bless on all that's said and done. Receive our thanks. Receive all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you. Please remain seated. Amen. (laughs) Got you on that one, didn't I? You know, the greatest experience in life is to be saved. Let me say that again. The greatest experience in life is to be saved. Another wonderful experience in life is to see somebody else trust Jesus Christ. Knowing for sure that when they die, they go to heaven. Another, another great experience in life is when the Lord God answers your prayer. Can I hear an amen in the house? Someone once said, no prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. All of us need answers to prayer. Am I right about that? D.L. Moody said, he who kneels the best... I'm sorry, he who kneels the most stands the best. He who kneels the most stands the best. All of us at times need an incredible touch from God. My wife and I were out here in California sometime back, maybe back, uh, I think it was January, and we drove home, and while we were driving home, we entered into a snowstorm in Dubuque, Iowa. It was a little bit before Dubuque, Iowa, and they told us that the storm was coming, but I'm, I'm from the, I'm from the uh, north, and I'm from the Midwest northern part, and you know what? I love the snow. Anybody like me, I love the snow. I love to ski. I love all that stuff. I love it. I love to drive in the snow. I love to put people in ditches in the snow. I love it. I love it. I love the snow. 
And so my wife and I were driving back, and we're driving in the snow, and it was just coming down like unbelievable. I mean, it was incredible. And I've experienced snow all my life. Driven in snow since I was like six years old, you know what I'm saying? Take mama's car and go, you know what I'm saying? So I'm driving down in this, and, and unbelievable, we had a rental van. Vans are cool, aren't they? Hey, man, they're just like really classy vehicles. And I was driving this van. And we came off to a place where we were going to exit to get gas one more time before we hit the really heavy snowstorm in Dubuque, Iowa. And so we got off of this, we got off this exit, Brother Brown, in Iowa. And we got off on that exit. While we were getting off, I hit the brakes and there was nothing there. It was completely ice, Brother Brown. You live somewhere near Iowa, don't you? And it was completely glass. We got off of there, and as we got off of there, there was no stopping. Of course, when you're going 100 miles in snow, it's hard to stop. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm trying to stop, and I said to my wife, I said, hey, baby, we ain't stopping, baby. And so we went right through the stop sign, right through the intersection, and we went over the embankment. And my wife, as so calm and cool that she is, she said, ah! And if you know my wife, she ain't never done that. Except when she looked at me one time. I do remember that as well. <laughs> we came over that embankment, and we were airborne, kind of like something. Like, you can't do that in plastic shoes. I was thinking about it. I'm not today, amen. And she, we went airborne off of that, off of that, uh, that curb. And we went airborne, and, and she's going, ah! I said, hold on, baby, we all right. And so we came down, and when we hit down, we just kept going down and down and down. And we went all the way down to this ravine, ravine brother, I'm guessing it was 25, 30 feet deep. It was unbelievable. And so we're driving, and you know what, we are alive, we still had our teeth, or most of them anyways, we had our teeth, and we're going down in this ditch, and we keep driving. And she says, Mark, 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 are we all right? I said, baby, I'm still driving. Come on, man. I'm in the ditch, and I'm going, whoa. I'm still flooring it, you know, whoa. Still got the cruise on 100, and whoa. We get down that, in that ditch, and I just, I hit the bottom, and I just kept driving everywhere in that ditch. I thought, man, how, how is this happening? How can I drive in this ditch? So all of a sudden, the car came to a stop. She said, what are we going to do? I said, well, 911, amen. 911, I call it every day, 911. And so I was getting ready to call on the phone, and I looked up at the top of the highway, whoo, police lights. And I'm also very familiar with that as well, amen. <laughs> every week of my life, hey, how you doing? You're speeding. Not really. <laughs> and so, I looked up there, and there's a police officer. I couldn't believe it. He come flying down that ravine. He goes, is everybody all right? And I said, I think so. I said, I think we're okay. He goes, you think you can drive out of here? Just keep driving like you were doing. I said, well, I, I think I'm pretty well stuck now. He goes, well, just get in and try it again. I got in and tried it again. It wasn't going nowhere. <laughs> and so I said, sir, I said, how in the world, how in the world did you know we were down here? And he goes, because I saw the whole thing. He said, I saw you fly off of the road. He said, I saw you go into the ravine. He said, I saw the whole thing. I said, brother, you got to be kidding. Let me tell you something, everybody. That's Jesus. Amen. Woo! <laughs> That's Jesus. Well, it wasn't him in the, in the vehicle, but it was Jesus. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, so he said, well, he said, let's do this. He said, I'm going to call a wrecker. He said, but you're going to have to let them take your car. I'm going to take you to a hotel, and you're going to have to stay the night. I said, brother, I ain't staying no night in no hotel. Amen. I'm going home. And so he said, well, I'm going to call a wrecker. He said, I don't know what time they'll get here. He said, I got to go to another call. And so he said, I'm out of here. So he climbs back up the ravine. We're just stuck down there. I said, ain't no way we're staying down here. Some, some other idiot just like us, he's going to come up and be right on top of us. If anybody else as dumb as I am, he's going to be right here too. Amen. And so we got, I said, so, sweetie, we got to get out. We started climbing up. We went to the top of that ravine. I said, sir, is there any way we can sit in your car? He goes, yeah, just stay here. Lo and behold, that wrecker came. That wrecker took the, one of those little tow wrenches, you know what I'm saying? And that long, that long wire went all the way down in the ditch and pulled that car all the way out. And the officer said this. He said, you know, this is unusual. He said, normally wreckers aren't going to show up that fast. He said, normally we just take you to a hotel, you get your car the next day, and that's how you do it. And you know what we said? I, I told my wife, I said, I think this car is absolutely totaled. We pulled it out of the ditch. We got up to the gas station where the wrecker took it, and there was only one problem with it. The bumper was off a little bit. You know what? I took that bumper and pushed it back up and snapped it back in place. Can I get an amen house? I ain't calling no insurance company. Amen. <laughs> This is a rental. Remember, you know how everybody treats a rental, you know what I'm saying? So I said, I'm, we're out of here. We drove back home, and a short time, what's that, brother? Hey, hey wait, hey, I'm preaching up here, but come on in. No. Come on, brother. So, you know, it was by the grace of God that we were still alive. I mean, we saw dozens of wrecks. We saw dozens of semis flipped. And we could have easily flipped nose over end. We could have. Not this nose, but we could have flipped. <laughs> Ain't nothing flipping over this nose, amen. We could have flipped nose over end. It could have been incredible. But God spared us. And we're looking at each other and just saying, man, that was the hand of God. I'm glad when the hand of God shows up. A couple weeks later, my wife called me at the office. We're still rejoicing over being alive. She calls me at the office. She says, I think you need to come home. I said, what? I said, you love it that much? <laughs> she said, I think you need to come home. So I came home and she said, I, I think I have cancer. I said, no. She said, I think I have cancer. So in that month of January, we started the process of all those tests. We went through, that, through those tests, Brother Trevor, for a few months. And the whole time, for those three months, it was of this kind of time. It was one of those times where you can't do anything but pray. It was one of those times in a person's life where you had nobody else to go to but God Almighty. It was one of those times in life where you needed him more than you could ever explain to anybody else. And I remember getting on my face before God and saying, dear God, please, don't take my wife. My brother's wife had just passed away not too long ago with leukemia. I said, dear God, please don't take my wife. Please don't take my wife. We went through all the tests. I can't remember, was it April, sweetie, when we found out? Do you remember when we got the answer? Was it April or May? I don't remember. Do you? It was April or May. The doctor called us in. I think it was middle of April. 
first of May, the doctor called us in. And she went for that final exam, and the radiologist sat us down and told us, the test is negative. There is no cancer in there. You know what I'm talking about doing backflips? We were doing backflips like we were in that ditch again. Amen. We were saying, praise God. He's a this kind God. Let me tell you something. There are young people in this auditorium today that you need a this kind God this morning. Let me tell you something. God is good. I love him so much. Don't you love him today? I want you to notice four things that, about this, this kind of God. Look at verse number 14. The Bible says that when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with him. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. You know, look at this verse in verse number 15. The Bible says, and straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed. Can I say something? than everybody today. You know what I'm so thankful for? I'm so thankful that we have a God that we can still be amazed at. I don't ever want to lose my amazement of my great Jesus. I'm still amazed. I'm, I'm still amazed at Jesus. Anybody in the house still amazed? Anybody in the house still amazed? Anybody in the, anybody in the house still amazed? Anybody in the house still amazed about Jesus? Amen. Amazed about Jesus. Look at the next point. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. I ask everybody in this house this morning, when was the last time you ran to Jesus? When was the last time you had a need so great that you couldn't do anything? But run to Jesus, run to Jesus, run to Jesus, run to Jesus. Hey, young man, I know you're young, I know you're strong, almost good looking, but I know, young man, it's time to run to Jesus. Time to run to Jesus. I want you to notice, number one, this kind of hurting, this kind of hurting. Look at verse number 16. And he asked the scribes, what question you with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Amazing. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should not, that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him, oh, and said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you and bring him unto me? And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straight with the spirit, tear him. And he fell on the ground in a wild and foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this, since this came unto me, set of a child? And all times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. Let me tell you something, young people. A lot of young people's lives, this is a young person. A lot of young people's lives are being destroyed by Satan. The Bible says that Satan comes to kill, to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Hey, let me say this morning, young person, Satan is coming after you. Let me tell you something. This all took place right after the transfiguration of Jesus. He was on the mountain with Peter, James, and John. The glory of the Lord came down. And then all of a sudden, after they come off the mountain, they're confronted by the demons of hell. Can I tell you something? What I've noticed is every time that I get in a crowd like this, every time I go to a conference like this, every time I go to a camp like this, every time there's preaching like this, you can walk out those doors and Satan will be waiting for you. Waiting for you. Sometimes it's a brother. 
Sometimes it's a sister. Sometimes it's a home. Sometimes it's friends that you never gave up. Can I tell you, my dear friends, they went from the glory of heaven into where the demons of hell were bound up in a young man. Let me ask you this question this morning. Has Satan got a bind on your life? Is there something in your life that Satan has bound up in your life and you need a this kind God? You need a this kind moment? Are you going through something in your life right now where you need God and you know it's only God that will deliver you? It's only God that can do it. Can I say something, my dear friends? It's only God that can cast out the demons of hell. It's only God that can, uh, that can defeat Satan. I'm saying this morning that we have that kind of God this morning. What kind of God we have? This kind of hurting. The man was hurting. We live in a world where people need Jesus. And may we see the needs of people all around us today. My dear friends, today, are you hurting this morning? Is there somebody in this house that's hurting? Is there somebody in this house this morning that has a, a hurt, a pain going on inside that you're not telling anybody about? Is there somebody in this house today that Satan's got a hold on your life and you know that you want nothing more than to let go and let God? Amen. I wonder who it is. This kind of hurting. I want you to notice this kind of exhorting. Jesus had the desire for people to know him and to have faith in him because he knew what he could do through their faith. The Bible says in verse number 19, he answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you and bring him unto me? Verse number 23, and Jesus said unto, them, unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Verse 24, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Jesus was taking the time to say that there's hope in Jesus. Hey, everybody, I don't ever want you to walk out of here and forget that there is hope in Jesus Christ. When you go to school, there's hope in Jesus Christ. When you're struggling, there's hope in Jesus Christ. When you're fighting Satan, let me tell you, there's hope in Jesus Christ. Some of you pastors know what I'm talking about this morning. You love God so much, you're fighting onward. But every day of your life, you'll have a great victory. But the very next day, Satan's going to come and hit you head on. Can I get an amen in the house on that? He's going to hit you head on. This kind of exhorting. Look at verse number 26 in the Bible says, verse number 25, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying to him, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead. And so much that many said, he is dead. Verse number 27, I want you to notice this kind of longing, this kind of hurting, this kind of exhorting, this kind of longing. Verse number 24, again, the Bible says, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said, with tears, with tears. Is there something in your life today where you need to go to God in tears? Is there something happening in your life today? Have you ever gone to God in tears? Have you ever gone to the Lord hurting so bad, hurting so much in your life that you had to let the tears flow? You know what, young people? You know what I know is, is, is happening in our churches today? We've lost the tear in our eye. 
you know what, we've come to that point, like Brother Brown said yesterday, we're unthankful, we just have so much, so much has been handed to us. That's why we go through the times where we get on our face before God and the tears begin to flow. This man said, there is no other answer, there is nobody else, but praise God, there is Jesus, amen, there's Jesus, and the tears began to flow. The Bible says he cried with great tears. I wonder tonight, I wonder this morning, if there's somebody in this crowd, you need to let the tears flow again. You say, no. I'll be embarrassed. Can I say that God understands our tears? Amen. Understands our tears, that longing. That man was hurting so bad inside. What a longing. There was a great need for deliverance, a great need for hope and healing. Just like our day that we live in today, Jesus does not fear what the devil has. Amen. Jesus does not fear what the devil has. Lastly, I want you to notice this kind of power, this kind of hurting, this kind of exhorting, this kind of longing, and this kind of power. Look at verse number 27. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? Verse number 29, the Bible says, and he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Verse number 28, the Bible says, and when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not, what's the next word, everybody? You got your Bible open? Why could not? One more time, why could not we cast them out? You know what, sometimes we put too much on the we and not enough on thee. We put too much on we and not enough on thee. You know something, sometimes the only way you're going to get it done is by prayer and fasting. The only way we're going to happen, the only way it's going to happen is by prayer and fasting. Now listen, today, here's what I'm going to ask you today. Is there somebody in this house today that you don't even have a prayer life, and yet you know that you need God so much, but you don't have a prayer life? Can I say that he's waiting for you to come? He's waiting for you. Bring your broken heart. Bring your tears. Bring your broken life and give it to Jesus because he knows exactly what to do with it, my friend. He knows what to do. He knows what to do. He knows what to do. He's done this before, and he's a great God, and he'll do it again. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. Some of you are going to go home. You're going to have brothers and sisters and friends that are on dope on drugs. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are going to go into that kind of, of, of an environment. And you need the power of God like you've never had before in your life. You know what's going to change this city? You know what's going to change our country? I personally believe this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. I'm saying, my dear friends, today, I want you to take that extra step this morning. What is the need in your life? You say, oh, God, I'm hurting you so bad. Oh, God, I need you so much. Oh, God, I'm so desperate for you. I need your touch, oh, God. He's saying, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. You know something? These disciples were the closest to Jesus. 
They were the ones that followed him closely. Everywhere that he, he went, they were there. These disciples knew Jesus. These disciples were close to him. And yet the Bible says it still wasn't enough because they were dependent upon why could not we cast him out. It's because Jesus said, you guys forgot. I am in charge by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Somebody in this house has a need today. You can get it done if you go to God in prayer and fasting. That's what it's going to take. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. You heard that, you heard that tape that uh, Brother Brown played yesterday by that man. And he talked about nothing but by prayer and fasting. I'm saying today, young people, what you need today, would you run to Jesus? Would you come to him? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.